In this episode of The Full Nerd, how much will AMD Zen cost, what GPU to buy, 4K console versus 4K PC, and Star Trek versus Star Wars. Welcome to The Full Nerd. I'm Gordon Ma Ung with co-host Brad Charkis. Hey, yo. And special guest Hayden Dingman. You skipped all the episode seven, September 13th. Oh, part. you're right. Well, that's all right. <laughs> episode, yeah, don't worry about it. episode seven has been so long we don't remember. Hayden brings up a good point. We haven't recorded an episode in weeks. There's been so much hardware noise, and I didn't get to, to finish uh, Hayden Dingman. That, uh, special, that did, special guest Hayden Dingman. We, we did record four fake episodes of The Full Nerd, though. We on, did four of those fake ones, the portable ones, right? That's true. Uh, so, again, it's been a long month. Awesome hardware's come out. First topic I really want to talk about, I hope you guys have some strong opinions, and that is AMD Zen, which I've wanted to talk about for weeks, but due to uh, other circumstances, I haven't been able to. What I think we should talk about, though, is how much this thing is going to cost. I actually was there. I saw the demo. If they're not lying, and the thing is as fast as they are, I, I think it's going to be a game changer for AMD. For if people don't know, AMD Zen is their eight-core redesigned brand new CPU, and I think it's going to be competition for Intel. How much do you think it's going to cost? Well, can you just I forget? Can you let me know real quick? Uh, what was that demo that you saw? So like the, the Cliff Notes. Version? So the the Cliff Notes demo is they basically took a, the upcoming AMD Zen Summit Ridge. They ran it at three gigahertz. They ran it against Intel's brand new eight-core Broadwell E at three gigahertz. So you got an idea of performance clock for clock and. Um, of course, I'm getting a call now. Sorry, you're get you're getting a yeah. Phone is ringing. Communicator is ringing. So you're getting a, an idea of how the performance falls, right? Man, this has just been like after we've go, been gone a month. What could go, what else could go wrong? <laughs> so the demo I saw, they used Blender. It's an open source uh, renderer, and it was every bit as fast as Broadwell E, which is a huge jump for for AMD because. Uh, if you ran a bulldozer or a sharer or whatever their top FX part against a Bridal E eight core, it would get massacred in anything. Not even fair. close. Not even close. I mean, so this really, they're saying we will stand right up against Intel's brand new Broadwell E. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I think they got to go. I mean, not super cheap, but I think they got to they got to pull what they did with the RX four eighty and uh, drop that thing in at a much lower price. Right. Uh, because I mean, I don't know what return they can get on it, but this is, this is AMD's last shot. It feels like in a lot of ways. Yeah. They got to hit this. This can't come out and be a, a especially like, like CPU wise, like right. GPU wise, there's like AMD people that are, that are still hardcore AMD people, but man, the processor war at this point is, is looking like a disaster. There's a few people. And just to give you an idea, the eight core Broadway is 1100 bucks, right? So an eight yeah. core. Hasrily used to be a thousand bucks. Intel raised it like a hundred dollars, so eleven hundred dollars for the eight cores, as we know, seventeen hundred for the ten core. So, I mean, I, I, a lot of people think that AMD Zen are going to be like you're going to get that kind of performance for like five hundred bucks. I, I doubt that they're going to come in that low, man. I think they're going to be realistic. They got to, I mean, they got to make back their investment on these parts, right? Uh, and they want to make as much money as they can. But I think they also realize what you're saying that, you know, this is like the Hail Mary. So I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, if you compare like a comparable Zen part to a comparable Intel part, it'll be like the same price minus like 10% or 20%, depending on how aggressive they want to get. 
Right. Yeah, I'd even I I would go down like to seven hundred fifty. Like I I would go in that seven hundred fifty eight hundred range uh, because I think they really have to work to convince people to come back at this point. Uh, I feel like they're in a good position because uh, those those Broadwell E parts were not very interesting to people. Uh, yeah, it was a- looking at because uh, you know I was in the market for that for a six core, and uh, I looked at the sixty eight hundred K earlier this year and and compared to the 5820 right uh and people were like people are still buying the 5820k yeah because which is a mistake. because it is a hundred bucks cheaper and it overclocks to the same point as that 6800 so if you're just if you're just using it for games and, right. and then some light video work that 5820k will serve you just as well i'm, su- I'm surprised you can get 5820s that much cheaper yeah well it's because intel jacked the price on all those so it was like a five (laughs) percent increase in performance for like an extra 50 to 100 bucks 100 bucks on what you can buy a 5820 on amazon 50 bucks over the original msrp right uh so a lot of people just go with that 5820k still uh that whole that whole broadwell e lineup did not i don't think sell people on what Intel wanted it to sell them on, especially with the the jacked up prices at the same time. Yeah, the the pricing really kind of hurt. Although I, you know, Intel usually they will typically eliminate the older parts. So those yep. fifty eight twenty Ks are probably just been yeah warehouse been sitting around. They're probably going to go away and they're going to be harder to get. But yep. and and to for people who don't know, the fifty eight twenty K is a six core part. It's three hundred three fifty ish. Yeah, something. It's like three twenty nine. I think uh, it was sitting. So that was the interesting thing back in the uh, you know about a year ago was that the the six core Haswell E part fifty eight twenty K was sitting right at the same price as the sixty seven hundred K. And so right. it was actually like a very comparable. Like, well, you can get the sixty seven hundred K, which overclocks a bit higher, but you know, has four cores or you can get the 5820 K, which you can overclock to almost the same point, And then it has six cores. Right. And then the, of course the 1600 K is six cores for yep. 450. I just looked yeah, at yesterday, so yeah, like 450, which is way more expensive than that 5820 K was. So, but here's the thing though. So uh, for people who don't know, Intel basically has 10 cores, 1700 bucks, you know, street 1500, um, maybe uh, 1050 for the eight core part. And then the weird thing is from there, from the eight core part, you drop all the way down to like 600, right? Yep. For the 6850, which is six core, six core part with all the PCIe lanes. Yep, 40 lanes instead and then of 28. They have the 1600K, they, they cut a bunch of the lanes to make it you know less valuable. Yep. And that one is 450. So what I think this sort of says for, if I were AMD and you look at that price, if they made Zen $900, Intel's gonna come in, they're gonna push the eight core part down on $900, if you're going to the store, you're going to buy Intel versus AMD they're, for the same price. They're going to buy Intel, right? Yep. So I think AMD can. I think their good strategy for them is to be very aggressive, and that is to price it at the 650 to 700 range. Yeah. Because then they're sitting right on top of those two six core parts. Because you've got six core for Intel at at 600, and then you've got it at 450. I mean, I think that we can agree yeah. that those Intel right. prices are incredibly inflated. Like right. the, that. That. Eight core part should have come down, and that that ten core should have been around a thousand. Yeah, uh, and instead they they went the we have no competition route. Right, and why wouldn't and, you? Right, and put those prices as high as they possibly could, and that's fine. But I think it puts AMD in a good place coming in with with their own part that is comparable in performance, assuming that actually pans out. I'm real curious to see if they do like they do with the new Radeons where they said, hey, man, we're focusing on getting back market share. That's what we need to yep. get back. We need more people using our parts before we can start, you know, expanding. And I'm real curious to see if they take that same route with the uh, processors that they did with the graphics cards. 
Yeah, I, I can't see them doing it. This is a very, this is going to be a very expensive CPU, I think. And, and yeah, I yeah. just can't, they're going to do a quad core version. Obviously they haven't said when, but you know, you can guess that it's going to be competitive price, competitively priced with Intel's quad cores. So, but I think this is, they're just going to come in, make a statement that we can compete with them on performance IPC and we're going to charge you less than Intel does. Yeah. So well, that's I'm curious been... to see those eventual, eventual uh, mainstream parts because you know their big thing's always been multi-core, and these are basically still multi-core, mm-hmm. and they have the higher IPC. So I'm real curious to see if what they do in like the mid-range with that. Are they going to keep all those cores in there, or are they going to more like more closely mime Intel's chips where they stick to four-core and rely on the higher IPC? Yeah, I would curious think times. four. Right. I mean, I would think they'd do. They'd want to compete with you know those Skylake. The quad-core is like what mainstream. Kind of yeah, I mean that's your main. Most gaming. gamers are going to yep, be running, so exactly. I, that's that seems to be the way to go. But I, I think it's going to be great, though. So oh, I think it's going to be really. But I I do think they really need to. I mean, this is as I said, their hail mary. If you look at those the Steam hardware survey, like the the processor graph is just is almost all blue at this point. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, they have twenty two percent AMD. I was yeah. just looking the other day. Really? Yeah, it's 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 yeah. real rough. Uh, I mean, even even the 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 GPU graph doesn't look that slanted yet, and it, right. it, it has gotten progressively more slanted over time. But it doesn't look that bad yet. But even even so, God, I think even the best of times, they never really broke thirty percent. So it's not looking too bad. Um, do you, or question? We, we have some questions from Facebook. Uh, AMD fan saying Hayden doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> My FX part is faster. Go ahead. Yeah, pe- people aren't liking what Hayden's saying. I'm oh, just kidding. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin's asking, when does Zen first come out? Did you guys ever talk about that? I well, we haven't talked it. about it. As far as I understand, um, they're saying first quarter of next year, but they yep. sort of hinted we may see it in systems this year. So mm-hmm. a lot of the boutique guys, they may play too because they want to get them back. Those guys haven't sold AMD systems in years. So they can go, hey, we go to like, you know, Falcon, Main Gear, Origin, those kind of guys, and we're going to give you our new CPU. You can only get this in, in one of your boutique PCs. There's a good chance we will see Zen parts end of this year in a, a very select amount of systems. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what they said. Yeah. Another question uh, from Philo. Uh, with all these multi-cores coming out, people always use the excuse you will never use the extra cores. My question is, when will we ever use the extra cores? That's why That's why I'm curious about the... That's why I was saying the mainstream parts. Because AMD right now, it's big thing. It's pushing real hard as far as the gaming side is concerned about DirectX 12. Yeah, DirectX and 12. 12 will eat those cores. They'll use them, so on and so forth. Right. So I could see where they could maybe load these mainstream chips up with more cores, but clocked just very slightly lower than Intel in order to play to that strength that they're already kind of leveraging with their graphics cards. Yeah, right. it's mainly now a question of when DirectX 12 will actually be a mainstream thing. Uh, and we're getting there. I mean, we had Deus Ex hit with DirectX 12 support three weeks after launch, uh, which is better than some of these games. And it was busted as hell. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is the main... <laughs> So, so the main narrative of DX12 so far has been a lot of high-profile flop launches where they, right. they put it out and it is completely broken, and then it gets fixed like six months down the road, or if at all, uh, which is not a great sign. But these are not real DX12 titles. These were not ground-up no, DX12. Were these not. were basically patched-up DX11 yep. stuff. To take. I mean, really, I think sort of like maybe 18 months from now, we'll see true DX12 games I, that I think- use all those cores. I think DirectX 11 and DirectX 12 are always going to coexist because DirectX 12 is a lot of work for developers. And that's why everything's coming out so janky. Everyone's learning it and you got to put a lot of extra work in there. Whereas DirectX 12, uh, 11 
it's uh you know it's selling points always been you know it's a high abstraction layer she can just make it and the, the system figures it all out and passes it on so i think they'll always live side by side i don't know about always but i would say at least until uh we get a new console refresh uh that seems to be normally when we get a hard break like i, I feel like the direct x9 direct x11 break happened right around the uh the xbox one coming out suddenly everybody was like all right we're only doing direct x11 we don't need to include direct x9 support anymore uh, and that usually coincides also with new engines. Uh, every time we get new consoles, we get a new engine. Uh, so we'll, whenever Unreal 5 comes out, we'll probably see a shift away from 11 entirely. But that's like years and years off. That brings up a great topic, though, Hayden, which I think you wrote about last week. <laughs> now we're, now so we're going to use like this segue? as a natural oh, segue. Perfect. Hayden says he's perfect. tired of, of talking about AMD and Zen. <laughs> so, <clears throat> of course, the big news, PlayStation Pro, PlayStation 4 Pro is coming out. 4K gaming console. Yeah, let's put that in heavy quotation. Heavy air quotes. Air quotes. Concrete air quotes. Hayden, of course, wrote a piece on um, PC Worldwide. PC is still better. I, I think we can all agree PC is still better. But... What can we really expect from this PlayStation 4 Pro, guys, and actual performance? I mean, we're talking 400 bucks. And I mean, you know, you go to the store, you go like, if I need to buy a 4K gaming PC, that ain't cheap, right? I, yeah, but this is the thing. So, so 4K gaming PCs, you are running at native 4K. Uh, I would be incredibly shocked if those games on the PS4 Pro are running in native 4K. Like I, I think There's this no is way. a an Xbox One Scorpio. Everybody's doing that type you know. or an Xbox One S type thing where they are calling it a 4K console because it outputs to 4K natively. Right. I, I, Go I ahead. could see Scorpio actually hitting 4K. Uh, potentially. That's why I, I I meant to say the Xbox One S, which came out this year. Uh, the the slim right. model, which they they branded a 4K console. Because it plays 4K media, right. and it will upscale to 4K so that it outputs the, the signal to the TV in 4K. But right. it is not playing those games at 4K. It is upscaling from like 720p or 1080, maybe if you're lucky. So Xbox console fanboys are not going to be saying... They're still going to be saying, I have a 4K console, right? Well, and, and this, this, so yeah, that's Microsoft's whole thing. As Brad said, next year we're getting the Scorpio, or they're going to unveil Scorpio, which is the basically their PS4 Pro. It's a, a hardware refresh, and, and their Xbox Scorpio is a markedly higher uh, performance than the PS4 Pro. Uh, but that PS4 Pro is not powerful enough i mean brad you you did the comparison it's like the the teraflop output of a uh 970 ish i can't remember what yeah you, yeah yeah so teraflops you can't really use them to compare say yep. nvidia versus amd cards yep but since all these consoles and all of amd's recent graphics cards are based on polaris or at least the graphics card neck arch- next architecture you can use them to compare kind of and if you look at the uh playstation 4 pros teraflops graphics card um, it's essentially, it looks like it's probably going to be an extremely downclocked Radeon RX 470, possibly like a mega downclocked <laughs> RX 480. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in either case, full speed RX 480 and full speed RX 470, they can't play 4K at a reasonable clip. Yeah. And, so and, to have a massively downclocked one, try to put it out to 4K, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And they, and they are, I mean, it is. It is always hard to compare uh, PCs and consoles because they use that hardware in very different ways. Sure, uh, but even yep. so, like it is not. This is not a 4K console the way that they are trying to pitch it. But nope. they upscaling. Yeah. Do you? I mean, I can't believe 
isn't that dishonest though? I mean, like as a as a, as oh, a PC gamer, how could you say I'm playing my game at 4K when it's just 1080? But like upscale? the but like the Xbox and the PS4 have been claiming they've been playing at 1080p for the last three years, and mm-hmm. most of those games are not running 1080p; they're mm-hmm. running at 900p upscaled. To be to be fair, and we're gonna roll our eyes as PC gamers. Uh, you got to remember too that uh, console players have acceptance of lower frame rates. Yeah, thirty FPS isn't a problem for a lot of console players. There's already been games develop who, developers who, after the PS4 Pro release, said, "Hey, we are gonna do actual 4K games, but lock it at thirty frames per second." Yeah, which nobody on PC would ever accept. Why would you? Well, do that? And, and it'll not look it. So, so basically, it sounds like what a lot of people are doing. There, there are two ways that this can go. They they do 4K at 30 frames per second, and okay. they keep pretty much the same fidelity as the PS4 right now, which is not great. I would say it's probably about medium settings on a on a normal PC. Yeah. Uh, that's their their one out. Or they can do uh, 1080p at 60 and keep that same graphical fidelity. Or they can do 1080p at 30 and do it like a real nice PC look and and have a high end PC. Uh, uh, you know all the the ambient inclusion and all the stuff that you see on a high end PC. Put that into the game. Uh, those are like the three ways that I see this going. And people, I mean, some of the developers have already said like that is what we're doing. We're going to have like literal options, uh, PC style options menus where you can choose between those different setups. Uh, which is very different for consoles. Consoles never have options. So. Right. Well, it's it's kind of simpler because a lot of them, I think, are kind of, they've made a big deal about it. Plug into your display and it'll auto-detect your display. Yeah. And what you see just happens based on what kind of display you have attached to it. It's so a, it's, it's still real kind of weird. that console simplicity, but it's weird. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a real weird play they're making. Uh, and, and my article that we talked about was not even, I mean, forget how the ps4 pro plays my thing is just if you spent four hundred dollars on ps4 three years ago you got to be feeling pretty burned to have another console coming out already so you think you think the the people who have the old ps4 should upgrade even if it's just for the new i mean i'm I'm not gonna say that until we get our hands on it and that's november 10th i believe is the launch day no no no, Uh, for the I'm, i'm talking about for the slim even uh, I would not buy the Slim. If you, yeah. if you buy a Slim right now, which is just the original PS4 hardware, and it costs only a hundred bucks less, like that. No, I thought a, they said they upgraded it just a little bit, didn't they? Uh, no, no, it's pretty much exactly the same. So the Xbox One Slim they upgraded slightly. Oh, the okay. PS4 Slim is literally just the same hardware as always mm. uh, for three hundred. Like an extra bucks. port, or yeah, something. yeah, exactly. But why would you feel burned? I mean, I, I know, I, and this is, I think, the hardest thing about people who live in the console universe. Yeah. Is it, it's monolithic, right? It's my Xbox 360, which is going to remain the same for seven years. Yeah, well, that's that why you feel gone, burned. Though no, I don't think I don't think it, you know what because if you've got if you've got three hundred and eighty dollars in video games, a stack of them, mm-hmm. you just take your PS4, you give it to a relative, you buy your new PS4 Pro, and hey, magically, you know, you could never hit 1080p before with awesome textures and and all kinds of effects. I'm going to imagine your 1080p gaming is going to be significantly enhanced with the PS4 Pro. Not not even playing 4K, right? That's not why people buy consoles, though. People buy consoles because it's simple, it's straightforward. You plug it in and you play. And I think the mixture of this, you know, big day one patches, they're giving up a lot of the allure of why people buy consoles. Yeah, and the the I mean, to to Gordon's point. Uh, that seven year cycle is still a thing that console people believe in. Uh, when you buy a console, like uh, a lot of the people playing consoles are, and and I'm not going to generalize, but you know, uh, older people, uh, people with kids, 
you've got a lot of people that can't afford a, a high-end PC, so they go with consoles. Like, there's a broad range of, of reasons why people buy consoles, but uh, the the thing across the board seems to be, hey, I buy this thing and it plays games for like seven to ten years, and I can I don't have to worry about upgrading the way that I upgrade a PC. The difference is now they've thrown that away. And if you spend 400 bucks every three years on a new PS4, you might as well just buy a PC and spend 400 bucks every three years on that. I mean, one of the big draws about previous generations of consoles and how they do have close to the metal access to get get more out of it is that they have this one set of hardware. So over the years, things get better and better and better and better. That's why the like Gears of War 3 looked way better than Gears of War or whatever. Uh, splitting, introducing this new... Hardware mid-range will mean that they will target that higher hardware for the graphical improvements rather than squeezing more out of what was already there, too. So I think it's going to hopefully that Hopefully. ecosystem in the yeah. long range but it doesn't it still it still has the console simplicity it's not like sony's going to let you go into settings and, and change your aa on on a on a game console it's just you have a, a pro it runs you know actually at 1080p you have a non-pro it looks the same right so sure i just a- i just think that the, that you're undercounting the the seven year purchasing i mean so like when we when we upgraded in 2013 to the ps4 and the xbox one there were people who were still saying why do we need new consoles the xbox 360 and the ps3 run all my games fine they look fine yep uh in retrospect like i find this hilarious if you if you play a game from 2016 and you go back and you play a game from 2012 like a high-end xbox 360 game from 2012 the differences are staggering because that new hardware obviously did a ton uh but there were people that were still arguing against, like, I don't want to buy a new console. We just, we just started this console generation, even though the 360 generation was the longest console generation that we ever got. Uh, and so I think it's, it is a, a weird move on Microsoft and Sony's part to throw that aspect away and say, well, we're just, sure, it's the PS4 still. But like, how I long think, until somebody actually screws over the PS4 and, and makes a PS4 Pro version that runs great and a PS4 version that's just like, eh, whatever. I I think I don't. I'm not 100 convinced that this is the new norm or whatever. I'm not convinced that they'll be introducing things three or four years regularly yet. Uh, they, this still could be a way to get hardware in living rooms that'll support virtual reality is my opinion because yeah. the original ps4 is going to run playstation vr like crap yeah. right whereas if you get something like this polaris powered into the living rooms it'll do a lot better and i think that could be the reason why they're doing this right now that makes sense R- rather than trying to like add uh, extra hardware on the psvr or something yeah like, know, on the other end yeah that dongle that they originally were going to include how much of a problem do you think this is for Microsoft? Which I I think it's incredible because obviously obviously PS4 has already been kicking Xbox One's ass, and now <laughs> Scorpio, which is Microsoft's next generation console, doesn't come out to 2017. The end of 2017. Yeah. Who the hell is going to buy an Xbox One at this point? Well, that's so I was laughing because Microsoft uh, was touting this as a big win for them because they're the the Scorpio as it's projected, you know, the specs they released is a higher power console than the the uh playstation 4 pro right by uh, far by far but, yeah by a ton but like the hilarious thing is microsoft should have learned this lesson already because in 2005 the 360 launched that was like a, a weak underpowered console compared to the ps3 but the ps3 came a year later and they never recovered that 360 went on to win that generation by far uh, in a landslide for years and years sure. and years uh, I think this is going to have the same effect. Like the, Sony is going to put out their console this year, and and a lot of people next year are going to be like, "Well, Scorpio is better," and people are going to be like, "Well, I already bought, 
I already bought the high end one. I have the PS4 See, Pro at I, home. I, I think that we are already running into that. I think they've sold a ton of them already, and a lot of people might just wait for the Scorpio to see what's going up if they are planning on refreshing anyway. Yeah, I doubt that the, these new consoles are going to sell anywhere as crazy as the standard ones. Yeah, I don't think so. And, and I mean, that's coming from somebody who bought a PS4 Pro as soon as they announced it because I didn't have a PS4 yet, and I was like, well, I need a PS4. Right, but see, you didn't go but out like, and buy a PS4 though. Uh, you bought a PS4 Pro. Yeah, I bought a PS4 Pro. It, it also is a uh, it's interesting to me to see how Microsoft sells this because uh, they've made an increasing play towards the PC. And, and as I said in my, in my article, like the PS4 still has actual exclusives. Like you cannot play uncharted four on a PC. You can't play bloodborne on a PC. Uh, Microsoft now, uh, and, and God bless them for their Xbox play anywhere thing. It's great. I played, you know, recourse sucked, but I played it this week on the PC and, uh, Forza, Forza horizon three comes out next week. And that one I'm actually looking forward to playing on PC. Yeah, me too. Uh, so they're, they're bringing all those exclusives to the PC, which makes it an even harder sell to buy an Xbox at this point, because if you right. have a PC, you might as well not even bother. Hmm. I just, yeah, I don't, and, and you know, frankly, I, I think that, Scorpio, I know everybody's like, oh, Scorpio's got six teraflops, right? But I think next year, what's to stop Sony from coming out with an upgraded PlayStation 4 Pro? They're basically oh PCs. Oh they have been, and I've, I made this argument before, consoles have been dead ever since they turned into uh, x86 machines, right? With They're basically just a bunch of PC parts stapled into a, into a case. There's nothing to stop them from continuing to offer upgrades. There's no reason for them not to. Well, you know? and some of the some of the stuff Brad mentioned earlier about like ease of use on the console has just like completely gone away this this generation. So you know, I hadn't, I hadn't turned on my Xbox in a while, and I turned it on yesterday, and it was like two hours before that thing was done updating. It updated the console like three times. It updated the firmware on the controller. And like all I wanted to do was play a game, and by the time it was done updating, I walked over and I just turned it off. That's I a great. That's whatever. a good. That's Next. a good feature, Hayden. Actually, <laughs> I think. and I say that because, hey, you know what? I got a Samsung phone. This thing hasn't gotten an upgrade, and I don't know how long. Android <laughs> like phones, they just abandon you later. Yeah, you off life raft. You're gone. So the fact that Microsoft and Sony are supporting you, that that's actually yeah, good. It, it's great until, it, but it, it kills some of that. That you know, back in the day, you could just turn on your console, like put that disc in, play the game. Now it's like you turn the console on, it updates a bunch of times. You sit there and you wait. Then you put the disc in. The disc has to install because you can't just play the disc the disc itself anymore. You always have to install right, it to the hard right. drive. Okay. So that's like another hour. And then you're like, well, I could just not then play Then it's the this. day one patch. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, apparently somebody has a question we're going to answer right yeah, now. Yeah, we, we got some questions on Facebook. Uh, FUPC uh, Gamers. Rob is wondering, uh, how much do you think the Scorpio will cost? 400 Same as the PS4 Pro. I would be shocked if they went over that. I would say 500 I think really? it's going to be priced. Yeah, because it's going to be that much more powerful. They're going to have the next gen or at least more powerful AMD GPU. I don't think there's any way they'll be able to sell it for $400 unless they're taking a big hit on the yeah, hardware. Yeah, I, I think they take a hit because I think if they come in at 500 they get too close to that PS3 price from back in 2006, the $600 PS3, uh, which nobody bought. But you'll want to you wanna get another job just to pay for it. <laughs> I know you will. I, I, my prediction, 400 bucks. Microsoft learned his lesson. This time around, being too expensive, yeah. they want to be cheap. They want to be fast. They don't want to lose again to PlayStation on that end. Hell, we're talking about November of next year. That's like ancient technology by the time it rolls around, right? For us, we'll be like, what? What's that? So, Hayden, uh, is uh, do you recommend uh, the PS4 Pro as an upgrade for people who already have PS4s? Uh, Say I, yes. I think I, Say yes. <laughs> I think it's a, a. It depends on what you're using that PS4 Pro or that PS4 for. 
Uh, I would say yes myself because I would like to hit 30 frames per second <laughs> at 1080p resolution. <laughs> yeah, at 1080p on a on a daily basis and not have to worry about whether I'm actually hitting that or not. Uh, some of those PS4 games are real rough. But if you're already playing PS4 and happy with it, it's not like a must-have upgrade. Yeah, not, Especially because yeah. I think it's a bummer they left out the 4K Blu-ray player. Yeah, I Real agree. dumb. Real dumb. I, yeah, but you know, they had to hit 400 bucks, right? They leave off the licensing for the player and all that stuff and all the technology. Oh, who knows? There could be codecs missing. There could. Yeah, but Sony just, especially. like It's interesting to me because um, the PS2 was the everybody's cheap DVD player, and the PS3 for a long time was still everybody's cheap mm-hmm. Blu-ray player, despite mm-hmm. the fact that it was $600 right. because Blu-ray players were so expensive. It's weird to me that, that this time Sony is the one that's that's like, ah, we don't need that. But there's, and you know, that's, why, that's why I think that even though they're touting this is 4K and everything, what this is really for is for the PlayStation VR. Yeah. I mean, it is, and that's why they're launching this year because they that PSVR comes out in October, and this comes out like three weeks later. Uh, it's clear that they really needed something to to boost that power, right? And then also, I I think it's everybody's kind of like all bent out of shape over the lack of uh, Blu-ray 4K, but I think this is just something they add during software. Hey, they don't want to pay for for everybody, but you can go out and buy it for fifty bucks as an update, you know, for your machine. So oh, yeah. I, I don't I think there's. Yeah, because right. it has, that, still has a Blu-ray reader. That Xbox 360 HD DVD reader. Right, oh, man. Right. I got that on a fire sale. It was like oh, 20 yeah. bucks. It was yep. great. You can still buy those, I think. You can find them <laughs> on eBay. All right. I, I, I think we've probably had enough console talk, I think. Yeah, screw that PS4 for yeah, months. We, we need to take a shower. Next, we need to take a shower now because like 30 frames a second, 1080p, not a big deal. I want to get onto the main event, which I've been excited for, but I have not prepared for. Uh oh. And I'm going to tell you the the background. This is the background on this. <laughs> so the 50th anniversary of Star Trek was what last week? Uh-oh. Last yep. Tuesday. Late last week. Late last week. That's like 50 years of Star Trek. That's what we got. <laughs> we got cell phones out of it. We got Bluetooth heads. Headsets, everything. Tablets, they invented everything on Star Trek. We're talking Star Trek, right? 50th anniversary. And Brad, on the anniversary, comes out and says, Star Wars, still greater than Star Trek. No, that's Say not what, what I, I said. Well, I said it's oh, objectively it's better. It's already started. I mean, you can't already started. Facts, objectively better. So it doesn't... <laughs> but to me, you can be a star... I'm a Star Wars fan, too. I love... I have a lightsaber. But I'm saying... You can't come out on the 4th of July and talk about the queen. You just you just don't do it. There's a reason for that revolution. <laughs> you don't disrespect Star Trek fans like that, Brad. So that's why we're going to settle whether Star Trek is greater than than Star Wars it's in 5 time. minutes. It's about time. I will represent Star Trek. Brad will represent Star Wars. Hayden will be our debate moderator, and we are styling this after the presidential debates. If you're going to wonder what the presidential debates are going to be like, it's going to be just like this. Hello. Star Trek and Star Wars. Hello, and welcome to PC World. I am Hayden Dingman, and this is our Star Trek versus Star Wars debate. Uh, We have Brad Charkis representing Star Wars, and our buddy Gordon Ung representing Star Trek. Uh, Each of them will have however long they want to talk because I am not a real moderator. And when they cut each other off, that's always the best part of the presidential debates anyway. (laughs) So I'm just going to let it happen. It'll be a brawl over here. Uh, So uh, let's have Brad talk first about why Star Wars is better since he started this. Sure. Uh, I'm not as hardcore a fan as Gordon is of Star Trek. I'll get that out of the way. But I know what's good and what's boring. (laughs) And... If 
you're just hanging out. You're a Jedi, right? And some big fat hut dude, no, this is bounty hunter, you know, steals your sister, grabs your sister, dresses her up like all kinds of crazy, chains her up. Would you punch that bounty hunter in the face and throw him in a Sarlacc pit? Or would you try to talk it out and, re- you know, figure out some trade negotiations, maybe give him some corn for your sister or something? Uh, so, yes, Star Wars is objectively better. Uh, Gordon, your response? I have a response, and that is, in the 23rd century, the Federation has eliminated slavery. In Star Wars, if you are Jedi and you need to recruit some young boy into the Jedi fraternity and the mother is a slave, in the Jedi, that's perfectly fine. In the Old Republic, those kinds of horrible things like slavery are tolerated. Organized crime is tolerated in the Old Republic. All that was wiped out in the Federation in the 23rd century. Have we don't even Star have Wars money. Beyond. Have you seen Star Wars Beyond? Star Trek Beyond? Yes, Star Trek. I have not. <laughs> I call it Star Wars Beyond for a reason. Uh, I have uh, intentionally, there are, if you're a true Star Trek fan, there's a few things you can erase from your, your memory timeline. One is Star Trek, the, the motion picture, the original horrible movie. That yeah, wasn't that bad. And then all of the new movies. They make notes. Those are not even, and I will say, those new Star Trek movies are just simply something, the work of a Star Wars director to pollute mm-hmm. the Star Trek timeline. They're not true to the, what Star Trek is about. It's still the official timeline, and the hive mind enemy in there is awful close to slavery. That's all I'm saying. Uh, That's I, all I'm saying. To, I, I'm also going to counter your point, Gordon, with a with a thing that we can actually care about. Uh, Quark in, in DS9 is, uh, I would say, an or, organized criminal... Not uh, organized crime. He often did good things. He, he worked with Odo. He mm-hmm. smuggles uh, things into the station. He is a black market uh, profiteer. Yes, that's, that, that mm-hmm. to me sounds like organized crime, and he is accepted by the Federation because the Federation. He's, he's kind of, if you think about it, he's kind of like a crappier Han Solo. Which I mean, <laughs> is basically what I'm saying. The whole thing here is, except he is not the the Ferengi were not in the Federation, and if we are talking about. Uh, interstellar governments at least we don't have movies where they start talking about the senate the and then they start talking about how many votes it takes uh in star wars the first one was it the sith whatever the first sith what was it uh the first one was the clone no second one was the clone wars Uh, yeah first one was phantom menace Menace. the phantom menace we get a 25 minute lecture on whether it takes a two-third majority vote in the Senate to er- eradicate something over, you know, a simple majority vote. It was like that scene from the like Holy Grail, except stretched out for twenty-five minutes. Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, I think the the upshot of this debate is we can admit that Star Trek and Star Wars both want to beat each other. So Star Trek keeps trying to put more action into their movies for whatever reason, and Star Wars George Lucas clearly was very insecure about the legacy he made with four, five, six. So for one, two, three, he was like, let's put in trade negotiations. Let's make sure that this feels like a real sci-fi epic. Uh, and everybody, everybody hated it. So I never want to hear about the, the trade federation ever again. Actually, now, that's, that's why I liked the first ones more because wait, it, are it, you it saying had... you liked the prequels more than the, than four, five, six? Uh, I wouldn't say more. 
but I don't. I mean, that I is don't what you said. Them. Okay, uh, you know, uh, you know what? Yeah, I will say. All that. right, so because so we can all agree. Like Star Trek. Left field. Yeah, yeah, we can all agree. Adam's the wrong one here, right? Like, no matter what comes out of this. No, no, no. no. I, I, I am a Star Trek fan, like Gordon. Uh, so much so that I like one, two, and three more than four, five, and six because they're more like Star Trek. Um, he's not in our right. party. <laughs> so, like this is this is great. It's like uh, it's like if the U.S. and Russia were in a fight, and then North Korea was like, "I'm gonna bomb both of you," and then everybody was set aside. <laughs> All right, all right. I, I think our oh, last point, my very last point, we should talk technology now. Star Trek nope. technology versus oh. Star Wars technology. We have warp speed. We have shields, phasers, photon torpedoes. What do they have? Junky old ships and lasers, for I, God's sake. I mean, lasers Space are pretty magic. cool. Space magic, dude. Space you ever see, uh, what was it, Star Wars The Force Unleashed? He brought down a destroyer. They're not magic, though. It's uh, it's actually scientific. It's <laughs> midichlorian. It's midichlorian. See, this is what I'm saying. 15 minutes. George Lucas was like, I want this to be Star Trek. I want there to be a scientific explanation for everything in this universe. That was, that. that see, that's, that, he's... <laughs> Yeah, he's making your point for he's you. Making Dan. my point for me. <laughs> yep. Star Trek greater than yep. Star Wars. You know, I never yep. claimed to I mean, be an unbiased moderator. <laughs> let me let me ask you. Okay, my closing question: What do you think people would say the most popular Star Wars Star Trek movie is? Oh, Wrath of Khan or yep. the Whale one? Wrath of, Khan. Wrath of Khan. Yes, clearly, Wrath of Khan's the best. And do you know why? Because it embraced so many swashbuckling those, Star Wars those elements. Those pecs that 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 <laughs> that uh, Khan has. Oh. Because it is oh, the we most know why Star Gordon Wars like it. Star Trek movie there could it ever be. And Rathacon, rest my case. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one, but I, it still wasn't very Star Wars. And then they Star followed Wars. it up with singing whales. I mean, to be fair, First Contact is a better movie, so. I don't know. But, you know, I mean, but what does a Star Wars audience have to say? All they got is one and two. Then you got three with the Ewoks. That's true. I mean, like, that's it. That's like, and then the new ones, and then the new, new ones. Yeah, that legacy is just nah, nah, just. Nah. I mean, yeah. So we can talk about uh, the new Star Trek being kind of a disaster, but like the yeah. new Star Wars the new Star was Star literally. Trek, I'm just gonna say sabotage. If you've seen the movie, you're shaking your head right now. I, I'm yeah, I'm shaking my head because because it's terrible. I'm not uh, giving them any money. But but uh, the new Star Wars movie, the best plot they could come up with was let's make a bigger Death Star and do it all over again, <laughs> which is also pretty weak. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. dumb. That's weak storytelling. Weak storytelling. But, of course, we've lost everybody who was even tuned in. I'm sure nobody's <laughs> listening anymore. Did we get questions about Star Trek versus Star Wars? Uh, no, we, we didn't. <laughs> uh, Here's the important part. GPUs are coming up, though, if you're still awake. Yeah, but well, we... Actually, yeah, somebody was asking about the GPUs. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, That's why you sat for it. See, it's like a uh, real debate. You have to sit through it to get the real stuff, uh, right? The real stuff. But the, there were a couple comments, you know, uh, people saying Star Wars, Star Trek, just yelling, you know, from yeah, their, their corners. Cool. So, yep. Yeah, this is the Intel AMD war of the 23rd century. I'm not going to say anything about everybody being related. Your sister, your father, but that's a different thing. So this is an important <laughs> thing. So we're moving on to our builder's corner. This is a section where we talk about all kinds of building tips. Brad has reviewed every single new GPU launch. It's killed him over the last, I don't know, six months. There have been so many. So we want to break it down. Basically, when you buy a GPU, here's if you're looking to buy a new GPU, Brad is going to break it down for you, what you need to buy for your situation. I actually presented I him. some music queued up for this. I, I, really? Yeah, just, you know, real 
real sexy music. Oh, okay. So, he so can- there's three, three. So the three configurations now I think is are very valid. I looked on Steam. Ninety percent of gamers. So we're going to ask Brad. We're going we're gonna to pick the master brain here. Number one, what's the best GPU for the buck for the to play at the resolution of thirteen sixty six by seven sixty eight? That's one megapixel. Well, I think part of the reason that's so popular is uh, people playing like uh, Dota on their laptop. I don't know how many oh. desktop gamers actually have that. But that being said, if you still have a monitor that's, you know, 1366 by 768, um, I think you could get by either with the Radeon RX 460, which is the one that you're going to want if you want all the cutting edge new technologies that includes like HDR support, supports free sync monitors, so on and so forth. But if you're looking for sheer bang for your buck, I would suggest the last generation GeForce GTX 950, which uh, delivers more performance than the Radeon RX 460, and can also be found for around a uh, hundred bucks. Right, and that's assuming you, you think, assuming you never up. I mean, to me, it's sort of like, man, maybe it's time to go buy a new monitor. That's <laughs> like well, yeah, yeah as, as he said, I think that a lot of those are, yeah. are laptop screens. I didn't think about that. Uh, the, I don't. I don't even know where you can buy sub 1080 monitors nowadays. Right. Maybe I just like legacy people, like people yeah. holding on to people it for, like on to a monitor years for 10 and years and years. See, I don't understand it because w- I'm going to assume Steam goes out, they query your hardware. It's not like you're playing on your laptop and you have to crank the res down. Because these, you think these are legitimately laptop players, not desktop well, players. Well, like, yeah. I, like I, when I'm traveling, I play like, you know, Rayus or Shadowrun or whatever on my MacBook. Okay. And, you know, those things are still including the Steam hardware survey. So your recommendation is RX 460 or, oh, my God, it's so cold I can barely type. And the 950, GTX 950. Yep. For the money, they can both for the be buck. found for right around 100 bucks. It depends whether you want more raw performance or more future-proof technology, basically. Okay, and for people who don't know, that's 25% of the people on Steam have a 1366 by 768 resolution monitor, which is Jeez. incredible. Number two, the most popular, not a surprise, 1920 by 1080, two megapixels. That's 36%. What's the best GPU, Brad? Uh, It gets real complicated right there because that's where all the new cards are throwing down at. Um, In theory, I would say the best card for 1080 gaming is the Radeon RX 480 at $200. But you cannot actually in real life find the Radeon RX 480 for $200. (laughs) Whoops. So... (laughs) They, the four gigabyte version is often out of stock, and when they are in stock, they have been going up closer to two fifty. So that makes it kind of difficult. Uh, if you need to stick to two hundred bucks or so, I would say pick up either you know the RX four seventy or the new three gigabyte GTX ten sixty. They're both good options. The GeForce card runs you know usually a little bit less power has a little bit more frames per second. Uh, it's a little bit cooler. Whereas the uh, Radeon card has an extra gigabyte of memory, four gigabytes. So that feels a little bit more future-proof if you plan on holding on to your card for a few years. Uh, I really wish you could buy a Radeon RX 480 for right around 200 bucks. If you can find one, grab it, hug it, love it. Uh, but there you go. Is it is that 1063 gig version? Can you actually find that at the, the lower price or is that jacked up? Yes. Definitely. That has been available since day one. The day that it launched, they've been available since. And that, what are those those uh, three gig cards run? Uh, they start right at the same 200 okay. bucks that you'll realistically find the Radeon RX 470 at. Those cards, uh, like the Radeon uh, RX 480 and the GTX 1060, the higher model, uh, they will let you play better at like 1440p, and they're good for VR and stuff like that. Uh, no compromises, 1080p. But realistically, for price and performance, I would say the cheaper ones. Okay. 
Uh, number three, the next configuration, again, uh, that last one, 1080p, 36% of people on Steam are playing at that resolution. So this I'm really blew me higher. away. I, yeah. Yeah. I, so the, the next stat that I can see on this laptop is blowing my mind. Yeah. Isn't that, I was like, because, you know, a lot of people don't pay. I was like, holy smokes. So the, the next most popular that we're going to recommend, next resolution is 3840 by 1080. That's basically two 1080p panels. So these people are wow. just playing side by side. And that's 30% of people on Steam so, are playing. So, wow. so I'm trying to decide uh, because I don't know how the Steam hardware survey conducts uh, their, their thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to decide whether what Steam is registering is the fact that you have uh, that you're playing games at that resolution, or if it just registers that you have two monitors put next to each other, because that That's I would believe, true. because I have two monitors put next to each other, but I am not playing games at 3840. Uh, I'm playing games on one monitor with like Twitter open on the other. Okay. That, that's a very good point, Hayden. But, um, but assuming that if again, so a single 1080p is two megapixels. Um, two of them is four megapixels. Obviously, if you were actually playing Two of those. Yeah. Ultra what do you wide. think, Brad? Ultra um, wide. Since when, it, when it comes down to actual megapixels, that's only just slightly ahead of 2560 by 1440. Right. So my pick for 2560 by 1440 is the GTX 1070, hands down. Uh, AMD doesn't really offer anything in this price range anymore that's current. Uh, and the prices of Fury cards, you can find them on sale sometimes for really, really good amounts. But often it's hard to justify the price of a Fury versus what you'll get for a GTX 1070. So GTX 1070 all the way for 3840 by 1080, which I never thought about ever in my life. Yeah, because you've got and that bezel right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> That's no fun. And 2560 by 1440. I would do a 10... Uh, GTX 1070 for both of those for 60 frames per second. You okay. know, there, there's a good comment in uh, Facebook, you know, saying uh, yeah, a lot of people watch Twitch on one monitor and, yep. and play on the other. Really? You know? Yeah. Or yeah. I will. I'll so. also watch Netflix on one monitor. Like if it's a real boring open world game, like a, <laughs> like a like record. hey, you need to run across this map for, in Assassin's Creed for the next 10 minutes. I'll just throw Netflix up on the other monitor and, and I do, do that, that all the time. Yeah. I, so I, yeah, I think those. I think that thirty-eight forty stat because that's thirty percent of Steam right. users, and I can I, I can almost guarantee those are just it's looking at raw monitor input and saying, hey, this right. guy has two monitors. Uh, but I mean, I really doubt people are playing with the, the bezel right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. So you, the thing is, you honestly could say this: this thirty percent of people, you could lump them into ten eighty p. Yeah, so and basically, what, so then sixty six percent at ten eighty p, which seems correct to me. Right, uh, and then twenty five percent on on laptops and low re, low res, uh, you know, legacy monitors. Uh, Looking at that makes me wonder how big of a percentage my setup is. I have a 4K monitor here and like a big TV style 2560 by 1600 over here. I love doing that because like, you know uh, we get some zero 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 one percent. Yes, it's just you. Yeah, <laughs> but you always want to do that because you know we get like, hey, I got a 16 core machine and just crazy. And I love doing the Steam survey. It's like, oh yes, so I can throw all the stats off. They're like, you know, Valve. They're like, well, we got to start uh, considering these super high end builds. <laughs> all right, so 1070 for the, but still. 1070 if you were playing that and here so here's the next one so this is uh interesting i, I want to know how the wide wide aspect ratio so 2560 by 1080 a lot of these wide panels getting a little more cheaper it's about 2.76 megapixels um what do you think what's good for that didn't you just answer that no that's this is lower did he no. yeah. it's lower no, I would he, still go with he has 1440 yeah 
What? I would still go with the GTX 1070 okay. because uh, for 1080, the Radeon RX 4, 480 and GTX 1060 are, you know, no compromises, 1080 at two megapixels. So for between that and what we were just talking about, I'd still go with the GTX 1070 if you can swing it. Although you could probably get by with like a 480 or a GTX 1060 and just tone down the graphics a little bit. But Okay. If you really want to save a little bit of money. So I'm going to guess that's the same thing. I think 2560 by 1440, which is a 27 inch, very common. So it's again, 1070 there, right? So basically 1070. Yep. What if we go all the way up to 3840 by 2560, which is a 4K panel, Ultra HD 4K? 2160 is 4K. Oh, 3840 right. by 2160. Where did I get this 2160? <laughs> all right, but yeah, that's, uh Once you're in there, you're solidly in the GTX 1080 range. Uh, with a GTX 1080, you could uh, get... You're not going to be able to crank everything to 11 and get solid 60 frames per second. If you get a GTX 1080 and a 4K monitor, I would suggest if you're buying a new monitor, pick up a G-Sync monitor if you can afford it, just to kind of smooth that out. Right. Uh, but if you you know knock things down to high, you'll get damn near 60 frames per second. I mean, you can tweak with the texture settings at 4K. It doesn't matter so much. You have a lot of leeway there. If you want no yeah, especially compromise. That, that anti-aliasing, dump that down because at 4K, you'll probably never notice it. Right. Yeah, exactly, and that really eats into frames. No, and then and you uh, just oh, go ahead. Sorry. And Brian. if you want, like, if you want to hit, you know, crank everything and hit sixty frames per second, or come damn close to it in the vast majority of games, you could drop twelve hundred bucks on a Titan X Pascal. But I would never realistically recommend people do that from a value standpoint. But if you just want the best, I mean, there it is. Okay, and and, and of course, for all of these, our target is sixty frames a second. Right. Yes. I mean, that's that just to be said, not a smooth 30 frames console kind of a, a thing. It's 60 <laughs> frames a second. Now, on the one curveball I want to throw in high refresh rates. So I, what's a good strategy? So like uh, you can get a, a 1920 by 1080 panel, 144 hertz, even higher. I think somebody Asus announced at 240. But let's say 144 is more common. Yep, that's what I'm using. So if you're running 144, what's what's the strategy there? Like at 1080p at 1080p. Yep. You're not going to be pushing that with a 1060 or a 480, right? That's not enough. If you really no, want to hit up greater than 120 to 144. Um, it's about, I would say in general, try to buy the next tier up. So if like I recommended a 480 for 1080p, buy a GTX 1070. And if you want high refresh rate at 2560 by 1440, instead of a GTX 1070, buy a GTX 1080. Because you're basically doubling the frame rate, ideally. Right. right, a little bit more. So, you're going to want to step up. What do you think, Aiden? You actually run one of these. I run 60. Yeah, I mean, I'm running it with a 980i, and that'll that'll hit in a lot of games. Uh, some of the the real new games, you still won't even hit 144 if you max out those graphics. But you can dip a bunch of stuff. Uh, but I, I mean, even so, you don't really need to hit 144 uh, frames per second. To me, it's like you have the option of hitting 144. Uh, but even hitting a hundred makes a makes a big difference in a lot of games. Um, so if you're playing a lot of shooters, and you can at least hit it around ninety to a hundred frames per second, that's good enough that you're you're never going to notice a, a skip. Hopefully, uh, and so that's normally where I try to target with the nine ATI is is you know max out all those graphics, see if it hits around ninety. If it doesn't, dip a few. Because uh, okay. at this point, like 60 looks almost too janky for me. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, rough. But the human eye can only see 24 frames per second. Hey, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Ubisoft. What? <laughs> yep. I, you know, and actually, Brad, I was just looking to make sense, like notching everything up. Because, like, if you were doing a 27 inch high refresh 144, 
Um, it looks like you'd be recommending 1080 because right now you'd be saying 1070 is good enough, but 1080 would at least be the the minimum for that. So that makes sense. Just notch everything up. Huh. I, I will. I mean, I am a 144 hertz evangelist, so uh, I I love that panel. I know Brad. Brad and I have talked 144 hertz versus G Sync in the past, and, and Brad is more of a G Sync Free Sync proponent. But uh, man, really, I love the the speed on those. 144 hertz monitors g sync and free sync really eliminate the stuttering and hitching a whole lot the tearing everything and it's a lot more cost effective i think to try to target that 60 frames per second and use g sync than to try to buy a more expensive graphics card and hit 144 hertz a second that i do and like i said i'm gaming on a 4k monitor so there's not even 144 right there's no 144 but so I mean, but like I, because I high refresh gaming is is awesome. If you can get a good panel, my problem is I want I want IPS. I don't want a TN um, gaming panel. And they're, they're not cheap, so but yeah. they look beautiful to me. I to me that 120 to 144 is just awesome. But yeah, you got to have G Sync or FreeSync. I mean, I've I've said that like I just like 144 hertz now for for Windows use. Uh, just moving moving Windows onto my yeah. my 144 hertz monitor. And and you can see the difference as soon as you like slide over from a sixty hertz onto the hundred forty four hertz, and you go from like a little stuttery yeah. Windows animation to like this ultra smooth desktop environment. Like even that makes a difference in my day to day PC usage. So, I, you know what's funny? I and this blew me away. This I don't want to drag this on, but um, on G Sync. But I did a, I did a test where I took two monitors. One was high refresh one hundred twenty hertz, you know, G Sync panel, and then another one was just a standard sixty hertz panel and then i put people in this room i covered everything up the identical systems and then the model of the bezels were covered up with cardboard so people couldn't tell what was in there and i was like this is gonna be easy because everybody's gonna prefer 120 hertz because you're just scrolling the windows around i swear to god half the people said they actually liked the screen tearing and the kind of like jagged looking windows that they got with 60 hertz so yeah i wonder you just said it was a precinct panel right or it was FreeSync too, no. but I mean, they they actually like this terrain and stuff. Well, like no that one. So one was G Sync with one was 120 hertz with G Sync on, and the other one was just a standard panel, no G Sync, no sync. Or anything oh, I got you. So, I, I think that some people and and I've talked about this with uh, with a few of my buddies. I think that people have the same problem they have with film, where they've become accustomed to the look of 30 frames and 60 frames, uh, and and prefer it subconsciously because it's familiar. Uh, I bet if you made them use 144 hertz for like two weeks and then told them to go back and and do that test again, they would immediately go to that 144 because it, it's yeah. a hard sell at first. It looks too smooth, like it it looks very smooth to you. Uh, but I once used you've used to, it, you can't go back. Sorry, I Brad. used to be I used to play consoles a lot. You know, I used to be a console gamer. Not recently. You have but to a apologize. While ago. For Xbox that. 360 generation. <laughs> and, Is this like uh, the beginning of an AA meeting? <laughs> <laughs> I used to play. I'm sorry. I've been free of consoles for ten years now. And when I first started playing PC gaming, you know, towards the end of the 360 generation, you were getting you know 20, 30 frames per second games, and I was fine with it. And then I started playing, uh, you know, PC games. You know. Uh, on an affordable card, hitting medium so I could hit 60 frames per second. And I was playing it first, and I'm like, this isn't that big of a deal. I don't get what everyone's talking about, 60 frames versus 30 frames. And then I went to go, go back to play my Xbox 360 one day, and I just couldn't do it. It was like giving me a headache. It's just painful. Once It's a lot to be said about getting used to it. Yes, yeah. makes sense. Just like when Neo left, he like 
<laughs> like for a while, he's like, why, why did I leave? And you can't go back to the Matrix. You just, you Dude, just that, can't. those movies are 17 years old now. You can't make a reference oh, like God. that. Really? Oh, man. <laughs> All right, oh, Matrix right. reference. All right. Uh, okay, you look. should still listen to the soundtrack. It kicks ass. <laughs> and, oh. Or just pretend that the second two and three didn't exist. Yeah, it didn't exist. Yeah, just like. All right, okay. I'm going to move us uh, on to the, the last segment where we take questions from the audience. Real we, quick, real quick. Real quick. Oh. No, I'm just saying, let's, oh, let's we're gonna, get, we're go gonna, through the questions We're going to go through these questions really quick. I have a couple, too, over here. So. And Adam has a couple from Facebook. Number one, this is from at Smith5381. AMD claims two RX480 Crossfire is better than a GeForce GTX 1080. What percent of games support Crossfire? Is Crossfire FreeSync compatible? Uh, yes, it's FreeSync compatible. They introduced that last year. Uh, as far as games that are crossfire compatible, it seems to go down and down and down with every new release. Uh, if you go to amdcrossfire.wikia.com, there's a crossfire game compatibility list with all the recent games from recently. And sure, there are a decent amount that have excellent crossfire support, but there are a lot of major games that have been released recently that flat out don't support crossfire or SLI. Or if you look at them, they have them ranked about how good they do. And a lot of them are very poor with micro stutter, with flickering, with stuff like that. At this point, I mean, we talked about this before in previous episodes as well. I really can't honestly recommend spending money on a crossfire setup. I really think you should go with the strongest possible graphics card you can get. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we've also said in the past that, you know, once DX12 takes over, theoretically, you should be able to run multi-GPUs much easier than, than crossfire. Uh, but... That's also, as I said, theoretical. Yeah, that's a long way. It's on on the developers, too. And thus far, there's only the only game that supports that is Ashes of the Singularity, which is just like a technical powerhouse. No other DX12 game supports that. Yeah. So you would recommend for this dude, yeah, um, do a GTX 1080. Yeah, well, and I don't know if you need a a 1080. Like, that depends on what you're trying to do. But uh, I, I am very loath to suggest buying two cards at this point you guys man from guys either side anti-multi-card see my i maybe i'm just old school but i like multi-card multi-card is bad nowadays i used to love multi-card configurations yeah. i am i go to buying strategies i always buy the best card i can then a couple years from now buy a second one when they're cheap and then mm-hmm. rock that forever but games these days they just don't support it as well man yeah you'll get a lot of like micro stutter and stuff and a lot of titles uh, okay. that makes games unplayable and i you and know when, fu- and when the games do get you know, Crossfire SLI support, it's often significantly after their release. Yep. So, I mean, you can't play new games with it a lot of the time either. Yeah, and I actually thought it was interesting because I fired up H1Z1 the other day. Still a beta, but um, <laughs> it has a setting in there for it. Disable multi-card support. Like, mm-hmm. okay, uh, obviously something ain't working right if you've got a setting to disable <laughs> multi-card in your game. All right, next one. This is, although we think it's just trolling, from at Kyle Instagram. Well, Kyle McGregor is an ex-Detoid friend of mine. So. Oh, He's just it's a, not trolling. It's just him being Kyle. What is your favorite Nintendo game? <laughs> I, what is yours, Gordon? I, I guess Mario. I mean, isn't there only one? I mean, <laughs> is there another Nintendo game? Zelda? I don't know. Zelda? No, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Mario. Yeah, probably Mario. Yeah. Chrono okay. Trigger is better than anything that Nintendo's ever done. Wow. Yeah, but that's not a Nintendo game, so... I, I mean, played it on my Super Nintendo. Yeah, man. I guess Good it depends on what we call a Nintendo game. But <laughs> <laughs> Zelda, then Zelda. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is from at Logan Zero. 
At which point or what product will a gamer see a difference between a SATA SSD and a PCIe interface SSD? And of course, for people who know, SATA SSD, you're looking at maybe 500 meg read-write, best-case scenario, PCIe SSD, you're seeing, you know, two gigs read-write sometimes, depending on what it is. So do you guys care? Does it even matter in video games today? I think uh, the only reason to spend the money for a PCIe SSD is if you're transferring lots of files at once or very big files at once. It doesn't really make too much of a difference in virtually any aspect of your PC, including gaming. There will be some improvement, but not enough to justify that. I mean, those are still fairly cutting edge. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm curious because so I haven't tested uh, a lot of, uh, of either uh, I'm curious what difference it would make, uh, if any, with streaming, because uh, the the title is writing, uh, you know, data to the drive, and then that you know has to transcode it and then send it out to the web. Oh, uh, that's I'm, a fine point. Fine I'm, point. I'm curious whether that would make a difference uh, if you had the faster rewrite speed. I I don't know. Especially I, depending on like if you're trying to stream to to YouTube, which I believe lets you do 1080 60 uh, at a fairly high bit rate. Yeah, I'm wondering if you would you would hit that SATA SSD cap, but I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, those are both very high numbers already. So yeah, well, and I'm and based off of what we do here because we obviously go to yeah go into Facebook. Uh, but the, yeah, I mean, because we we have uh, both spinning platter and SSDs in here, and I'll I'll, I'll use either of them. And it's fine. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know if like the CPU and GPU could could handle more than what that SATA SSD is doing anyway. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I got to say, uh, it's been a while since I have done the test, you know, and I have done it multiple times over the many years, but I have tried uh, Battlefield 2, if you remember, that took like 12 minutes to load, right? If you, you cranked up Battlefield 2, it was really like a five-minute load. You would just watch that bar going for like six minutes. And so I went ahead. It's almost like playing Recore on the Xbox. <laughs> yep. I, I went ahead and I, I installed Battlefield 2 to a RAM drive. Right, just to see, like, what is going on? Is it, are we going to see? And, you know, even RAM drives are still faster than what you're getting out of uh, today's fastest PCIe. It didn't make any difference because mm-hmm. usually what it was was the game. It's not really we're not disk IO bound. A lot of it is just they're taking these textures and you're decompressing them. And a lot of the, the games are not designed for you to have a, a two gig read write, you know, disk IO. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really matters right now, but you know, as we get to the point where you know PCIe SSDs are a lot cheaper, and then your average person has a, you know one gig read write, developers may actually take advantage of that to make games load faster. But generally, I would say you can't tell the difference, unfortunately. But you know, in a year or two, who knows? So that's my answer yep. anyway. And I have the last one from this at Adam Pat Adam Pat Murray. Is it oh, better no, to there's one more. Who's that? Oh, is there another? Oh, wait, Brad has another one, right? Well, yeah, so one asked, here, so. uh, what console should PC gamers buy if they're going to buy a console? Oh, yeah. That PS4. was asked by at Bristol Wild. I couldn't find it. I couldn't. I didn't. It's on yeah. Twitter. I, don't P- P- I tried sending it to Gordon on Twitter, and uh, Gordon doesn't do Twitter. <laughs> I don't so know yeah. how to use it. He's married with kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, as I said earlier in the in the show, PS4, uh, because that's the one that actually still has. Whoa. Pro? Pro? Uh, pro, yes. Okay. Uh, at this point. I disagree. Why? Oh. I, I think... 
I think that uh, PC gamers should buy the Xbox One or Xbox One S because uh, of the Xbox Play Anywhere initiative. I think it's useful. I mean, you don't get the exclusive that you're saying you get with the PS4 Pro, but you can, you know, play your game on your Xbox. You can play your game on your PC. You can play it wherever you want. I think it's they're doing really interesting things there. Yeah, I guess my thing is as a PC gamer, I'm never going to play those games on a console once I have them on my PC. So to me, the PS4 Pro would be a smarter buy because the games that I can play or the games I would actually buy on there are games that I would not be able to buy somewhere else. Uh, the That's Xbox, the Xbox point. One, uh, now that I have the Xbox One exclusive titles on my PC, will probably never be turned on again. Like uh, That is just a, a paperweight in my my entertainment center. Hmm. So that's that's a fine point, and also one that Microsoft's probably wincing if anybody ever hears that. <laughs> I have an opinion here, and I would say the best console for you as a PC gamer to buy is uh, it's a RX four eighty or a GTX ten seventy, <laughs> and it's called Why even bother to play inferior console games when you already have a PC? You, you're taking your three to four hundred dollars, put that into your PC. Think of what you can get: more RAM, faster SSD better GPU, uh, better monitor. Why yeah. bother? You know, cause and then you, you already can have play the World ultimate, Warships. you have the, you do, you could play world of warships on a wide aspect screen monitor, which is awesome. And why, why waste money on a game console? If you have a PC, I Sorry. liked, uh, I liked the way that you said wide aspect, wide aspect, <laughs> but why don't, don't waste, don't waste wide money. aspect monitor. Cause you're, you're going to be buying the games. You're going to be buying. And it's just like, don't bother. Just, just play it on the PC. You've already got the the best gaming platform there is in the world, so don't 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 waste money on a on a console. Sorry. You got a lot of thumbs up on Facebook yeah. for that. That's my advice. So I think it's really cool that the flexibility of the PC platform. You can just run a long cable over to your TV. So many games these days support yep. controllers. I mean, there's you can a buy good, the Corsair good... Lapdog and have a ten foot cable oh. across your living room. And I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try that. They need that breakaway cable on yeah, that. I have okay. a Steam Link, which costs fifty bucks, and it's amazing. Yeah, hmm. streaming. I gotta have. I gotta have a real. I I can't do stream. Too compressed. I gotta have a real computer on the on the. On I have it hardwired, so it's not that big of a deal. Oh, okay. All right, so I, we're gonna save this one from Adam Patrick Murray about uh, how to buy a cheap mechanical silent keyboard for next time. Mm-hmm. Sounds um, like a good topic. Sounds like a good topic uh, because we are, oh, oh, we do I've, have, I've got a couple, just, just, just a couple real quick. Uh, Rattle them off. Yeah. Uh, Brad real quick. Uh, 980 TI versus 1080. Oh, 980 TI versus 1080. Um, it depends on the price that you should get it for. I mean, if you already have a 980 TI, it kicks a lot of butt. Uh, but yes, the 1080, uh, you know, it is, uh, what is it? Sixty percent better than last generation's Titan X, so you get a lot more frames per second with the GTX 1080. But I mean, that costs six hundred to seven hundred bucks. Seven hundred bucks, I believe, is what you find them for these days. Whereas the 980 Ti these days are going for three hundred to three fifty. So it's really what you're looking for. And if you have a 1080p monitor, the 1080 GTX 1080, despite its name, is way overkill, and you should just stick with the 980 Ti. That that it? No yep, more? That's it. That's it. That's, that's fine. The main one. Yep. All right. I'm going to get us out of here before John comes in to yell at us for wasting time on this podcast. Check back in two weeks for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google play or stitcher. And as always send your questions and comments to the full nerd at PCworld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios. 
Hayden Dingman. See you guys. And Adam, the person who makes everything work for us, Adam Patrick Murray behind the camera. Thank you. We'll see you in a couple weeks.